You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. So I've got a couple of bee specialists in the studio talking with us today about bees. One is Ben Moore of Ben's Bees and the other is Simon Mulvaney from Save the Bees Australia. Good morning, guys. Great to have you in the studio. Good morning, Piers. Thanks for having us. Morning. Well, we know Simon because Simon's talked to us quite a bit in the past about uh, Capilano Honey. He's got a, a legal dispute with Capilano Honey, which is a big multinational honey producer. And also Simon's pretty heavily involved with beekeeping. And if you've got a beehive that's, that you've found somewhere, Simon's a good person to contact and uh, get that sorted out for you. Now, Ben, I know less. In fact, I've only met Ben this morning for the first time. But Ben, you, you were actually telling me that you just got back from a trip to Europe. And, and one of the things you said that they've got some, some pretty serious problems with their beekeepers brought about by disease. Just tell us a bit more about that. Take us through some of your experience. You went to several countries in Europe and spent like six weeks or so over there. Yes, Piers. Yeah, it was really super interesting. So basically, um, my mission was to meet as many beekeepers as I can in as many countries as I could. So fundamentally, I saw 60 beekeepers in in six countries. I toured around and that was UK, Ireland, France, Switzerland and including Singapore. So it was really interesting to see the bee population over there and the fight and the struggle that the bees have in comparison to Australia. Right. So um, Australia is a relatively pristine environment for beekeepers. Oh yes, yeah, definitely. You know, we, we don't have the pests and diseases like they do over in uh, Europe and the rest of the world for that matter. And primarily there's this little mite. It's a, basically a parasite, call it a flea. What it does is it sucks the blood, the hemolymph from bees, and it transmits diseases and viruses. Now Australia is the only continent in the world not to have this pest and is absolutely devastating. And so how is it that Australia's escaped this? I mean, because I actually think you said you said to me off air just, just earlier before we started today uh, that New Zealand has got this. I think Simon's mentioned this in the past. That, that New Zealand has this mite affecting their bees and, and their beekeepers. How is it that Australia has avoided this scourge? Well, I think because of our really incredibly tight biosecurity laws. Okay. Um, I think that's really good. You know, I, I met some of them uh, coming into Australia. I declared my bee suit. I spent about almost half an hour talking with biosecurity. They are at the front line mm. as far as you know preventing these things from diseases and pests from coming in. So, but and also saying that we are lucky. We don't have it because I, I'm. I don't think it's a, a matter of if we get it. I think it's a matter of when we get it. Could be one year, could be 10 years, could be 100 years because there's been a, a few incursions of feral hives on ports. Mm-hmm. Townsville, Darwin and Cairns are, are sort of three areas. So, you know, biosecurity, fantastic in regards to you know, keeping these things uh, out of the country. Do they know how New Zealand got the mite? Yeah, I, I did ask. I was in New Zealand in January and it was really interesting because I was asking around because it's an interesting uh, question. Mm. No one really knows, but it seems to point a few people saying that a specific beekeeper, apparently it was a uh, sort of a hobbyist, bought some bees, uh, queen bees in from Europe. And these bees actually had royal mites, and that's what spread. So it was quite actually interesting. But still, no one really knows, but it seems to be it was a hobbyist beekeeper. 
Okay, right, wow. So that's uh, pretty unfortunate for New Zealand. What are the consequences for New Zealand of, of having that might? Has it got a big impact? Because New Zealand's pretty, they've refused any imports. I think this is going from some of the stuff that si- Simon's told me over the years about you know the differences between Australia and New Zealand. And you've kind of said, Simon, that you really admire the policies that New Zealand's got to protect their industry and, uh, and not allow any imported honey. Is that correct? Yeah, the whole world's envious of New Zealand's beekeeping industry. Mm-hmm. And they're getting higher prices for the fact that they are really tight yep. with what they import. We allow a lot of imported Chinese pollen here and also a lot of Chinese honey here. So to have such a successful industry and to be the envy of the world, how have they gone about protecting themselves from this mite? Well, they've got the mite and Ben did go over and see how they're treating the mite over there. What I've learnt from Ben earlier today was their feral colonies there have nearly been wiped out. And it's only if you're managing the bees that they tend to be surviving. You got anything to add to that, Ben? Well, with New Zealand, you know, obviously they have to treat. When I was there in January, I spoke to a uh, beekeeper and it costs per hive per year 100 New Zealand dollars just to treat for varroa mite. Mm. So obviously that's adding to the costs of you know, honey, wax. That's and that, spraying, and that is it? That's using No, some it's using some miticides, which okay. are basically a low-level uh, insecticide, which is all bad as well because that pollutes, obviously, you know, the comb and the wax. So that's why Australia's beeswax is the best in the world because we don't have to use these uh, chemicals. Okay. That's good for us, but obviously bad for everyone else. This miticide, is, it's a toxic chemical and they have to use it. And what's also interesting is they can't use the same chemical year after year because these mites build up a resistance to it. Okay. So they've got to change it. There is an organic treatment. Uh, it's using oxalic acid, and that's in the form of a vaporizer. But you have to do that consistently because you need to break that breeding cycle of the varroa mite. So going back to your Europe trip, you said that Europe's you know really got some problems, and it's related to the mite uh, there are also issues that relate to uh, the use of pesticides over there because I know there are certain, again, from talking with um, Simon, there are issues with uh, things like Confidor and even Roundup, you know, like basic weed killer is what people use it for and a lot of people have got in their sheds. Those products have been de- deemed really bad for the environment, carcinogenic, so on. And I think you actually told me that there'd been a victory for you guys recently with getting Confidor off the shelves of certain large retailers in Australia, Bunnings, Coles, Woolworths. Yep, and the APVMA are the government body that registers those chemicals Mm -hmm. and while ben was in europe it was a really fantastic news or just before they've banned neonicotinoids in europe they obviously have seen an issue with those chemicals i read recently that some beekeepers or, or industries over there have tried to blame varroa mite on the collapse of the bees in europe but other people say varroa has been around for quite a while in france mm. but neonicotinoids are definitely causing so some major harms so there. it's kind of compounding the problem by adding on the, the effect of, of um, those chemicals as well as the, the threat of the mite definitely and particularly neonicotinoids so so what they are they're a systemic pesticide so basically they could be drip fed or sprayed onto the the plant any insect that lands on that plant dies now, which is completely, you know, I mean, you think about that, and we're eating this as well, so mm. uh, um, fundamentally, and that can go into seeds. It's a really nasty chemical, mm. and it was really exciting when I was over there for neonicotinoids to be banned. Yeah. It was great. You know, everyone was really excited about the fact, and that's just not beekeepers. Yeah. That's a lot of people. You know, I mean, they were really excited because these they're a nasty chemical. Do you know whether those those chemicals are being banned in North America or Canada, the US? Are they following suit? South America? I mean, it sounds like Europe, Austra- Australasia. What about Asia? and uh, north america 
Unfortunately, no at this stage. I think those big pharmaceutical companies like Bayer and Monsanto have really got a grip on governments over there. I've seen small towns have campaigned and I think they've been successful. I think they've got a big store there, Lowe's or, or something, yeah, yeah. And, and they banned neonicotinoids last year. Right. The companies are bowing to public pressure, mm. a few of the outlets, but the governments seem pretty intent on that style of monoculture farming that is dependent on neonicotinoids like our cotton industry our wheat industry all those seeds are dipped in this insecticide what are the alternatives as people move away from that and and they don't source them from major retailers like uh, bunnings for example in australia what is recommended as an alternative given that you may have a, a pest or a problem that you've, you're dealing with with those chemicals or you have been historically dealing with what, what do you use instead well obviously sometimes in monoculture we do have to use uh, insecticides but using something that's non-residual Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, something that's, you know, I mean, obviously, and it'll target that particular species of, um, of pest. Right. I do understand, you know, we do need chemicals. My father-in-law is a agricultural farmer. So I have seen firsthand, you know, I mean, using chemicals, but he's very sort of ethical in what he does. And he will use them and he'll use non-residual chemicals and just target that species, not as a, as a blanket chemical like neonicotinoids and just kills absolutely anything that touches it talking to ben moore from ben's bees you can go to uh, ben's website it's just bensbees.com.au and also simon mulvaney from save the bees australia simon has a website as well it's be the and facebook and twitter and all those sort of handles do you want to mention them while we're at it save the bees australia on um, facebook and instagram Ben's an admin on Save the Bees Australia too, but you find him at Ben's Bees on Facebook and uh, Ben's Bees AU on Instagram. Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows.